Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I heart radio so however you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways Alrighty, today's a big old Saturday. We are continuing on with our NFL Draft Prospect of the Day today. I know we are getting kind of very close up to that draft day. Trying to fit a few more draft prospects in here before we start ordering our lists and uh, making our final kind of mock drafts right up until that Thursday, that coveted Thursday night of first round of draft coverage where we will be having our live draft show. So come over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. Come join other fans and let's all experience the future of our teams together, folks. Let's see how it goes. So. We've that we've got that coming up on Thursday. Stick to our Twitter for official time start of that. Um, all right, so we're looking at Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford today. He's been had a little bit of a rocky career, you know, starting in 2017, getting red for red shirted, and then basically only playing like nine nine games through his entire collegiate career. So we're gonna be looking at him just to see what he's got. He's not gonna be a first round pick, probably not even a second round pick, but later in this draft or a potential kind of. Um, project quarterback you know if if you want to call him that so we'll see if any team takes a chance on this man so we'll see how this man's looking in his kind of basically first year only year playing this year 2020 season COVID season he played and uh, so we'll take a look at him um, and then obviously breaking down the NBA from last night doing a moneymaker for tonight's action we got a game tipping off at one o'clock so hopefully we can get through the show at our moneymaker right in time for that so let's just jump right into it with the stories of the day and the big one, the big one, the trade that happened yesterday in the NFL. The Ravens trading offensive lineman Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. Wow, the Ravens and the Chiefs. We know they're just so kind of similar and just kind of their style of offense, I would say. Kind of high explosive, high speed, great mobile quarterbacks. So Ravens, who, you know, are a little kind of they're they're kind of the B tier Chiefs team, honestly. If you want to call them that, I've got no problem. I would call them that. I did call them that. <laughs> so, you know, the Ravens kind of the B squad of what the Chiefs are, making the Chiefs even a little bit better here. So the Ravens trade their offensive tackle, their offensive lineman, Orlando Brown, to the Chiefs. And now let's talk about the compensation. And I think the Chiefs kind of got away with robbery on this one, folks. So the Chiefs get obviously the offensive tackle, Orlando Brown. They get the 2021 second round pick from the Ravens, and they also get a 2022 sixth round pick. So that they get the they get the coveted coveted proven talent. That's fantastic, the Chiefs, and they don't really give up anything. They give up a second round pick. Oh. oh. Okay, you can or no, they get a second round pick. Um, you know, that's well, let's talk about what they give up. That's a little bit better. So they get Orlando Brown. Now let's see what the Chiefs gave up. They gave up they gave up their first round pick in this year's draft, the thirty first pick of this year's draft. Is that gonna be good? I mean, the Chiefs don't need anything. They want proven talent and they went out and got a proven offensive lineman, which we will see in a second that they desperately need. 
So they give away their first round pick in this year's draft. They give away their third round pick in this year's draft. They also give away their fourth round pick in this year's draft. And then they give up their fifth round pick in next year's draft. So they give away in this year, they give away their first, their third, and their fourth round pick. But they get the proven offensive tackle. They also get a second round pick in this year's draft in compensation for that. Um so they have two second round picks and then they've also got uh, their sixth round pick in next year's draft. So if we're just looking at pure compensation, yeah, the Ravens get a lot of picks, but I mean, we're talking late first round pick. We're talking third and fourth round picks. I mean, is that anything good for proven talent that is winnable in this league? I don't think so, man. So I got to give it to the Chiefs kind of 100% winning this trade. They had a they had a need that they needed filled. They went out and got probably one of the best, you know, linemen that is proven in this league because when we look at what he's done this is what he did last season Orlando Brown at left tackle zero sacks or hits allowed on 389 pass blocking snaps last season so I mean folks he gives up no sacks perfect that's exactly what you want with pass protection give us time don't let the quarterback get hit and definitely don't let the quarterback get sacked and that's exactly what Orlando Brown did last season so yes of course the Chiefs are going to kind of trade all you know the first round pick the third round pick the fourth round pick fifth year's pick next season of course you trade your picks to get proven talent folks I don't know how many times I have to say this I want proven talent over draft picks and anything outside of a top 10 draft pick is absolutely trash you don't know what you're getting I will take proven talent all day and that's exactly what the Chiefs did and they've been building up their kind of offensive linemen through kind of you know trading and free agency because this is what the Chiefs offensive linemen is looking like this season they got Orlando Brown you know, newly acquired the trade that we're talking about. Left tackle, they got Joe Thune, left guard from New England. They got Austin Blythe, the center from the Rams. They got Kyle Long, the right guard from Chicago. And then they've still got their right tackle, Mike Remmers, that's been playing with them. So, I mean, new upgraded offensive line, and that's exactly what the Chiefs need. Their offense is still solid besides the offensive line. The defense is still pretty solid, but, but what killed them in the Super Bowl? Why did they lose the Super Bowl? Because the Bucks defense got so much pressure on freaking Patrick Mahomes. They could not do anything offensively. Here we go. Patrick Mahomes ran nearly 500 yards, 497 yards to be exact, to avoid the Bucks pass rush in the Super Bowl. Most by a quarterback all season. Not just, you know, all year or yeah, not anything, you know, the all season, folks. So no other quarterback was kind of this under under this much distress during any single game this season so the Chiefs they had the void they had a need we have to get our line better we just did that we will trade our draft picks because we've got everything else we've still got you know our wide receivers our tight ends our running backs our defensive backs our defensive linemen and we're all still pretty set on all that but we need to shore up the line so when we get back to the Super Bowl because they probably will um and unless it's the Colts like we're saying um the 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 Chiefs I mean they just need to protect Patrick Mahomes and that's exactly what they did so that I would say the Chiefs 100% won this trade. They got the proven talent. They still have a second-round pick in this year's draft. And they don't really have any other need to fill 100%. Not another need that's totally going to ruin them in the Super Bowl if they get there again. Like the line was so lackluster last season. That's why they lost the Super Bowl because of that offensive line not being able to protect Patrick Mahomes. 
So, got to give it up for the Chiefs all day. Now, what are the Ravens doing with these draft picks? We, we're really not sure. We're still not really sure the direction that the Ravens are going to move into in this draft. Are they going to shore up their defense a little bit? Are they going to try and get another weapon? We just saw them sign. Who did they sign? Their deep threat, uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, they just signed him for a deep threat. So, we'll see if, you know, he gets good, if he stays good, whatever. Um, or if the Ravens just try and get another kind of um, a weapon at wide receiver. So, We'll see what the Ravens do, but all these draft picks, they got to pan out still. They still have to pan out. The Ravens just traded away proven talent for potential talent, and I don't think that's great. So we'll see how the Chiefs are looking and the Ravens are looking in the draft. We'll see what they do in the draft, and then more importantly, we'll see what they do in this offseason to really kind of give a, get a full overview of which team won this trade. But just for right now, a day after the trade, we I got to give it up for the Chiefs. They got the proven talent. Alrighty, um, this was uh, before last night's action in the NBA, but uh, the Rockets and the Timberwolves have both officially been eliminated from the playoffs. Unfortunately, can't get to that kind of number 10 seed. Truly unfortunate here. Um, so what do we say? The Rockets and the Timberwolves, both in the West, absolutely trash. 15 and 16 wins this season. Not very good. The Thunder are on the cusp of getting eliminated from the playoffs as well, having only 20 wins. What do we got here in the Eastern Conference? Magic and the Pistons. Yeah, they're also kind of on that verge of getting, you know, eliminated from the playoffs. They are both currently, the Magic and the Pistons are both currently, what do we got? Oh my goodness, seven, seven, eight games out from that 10th seed for the playing tournament. So definitely not looking great for them, obviously. So I'm sure they'll be eliminated any any minute now, any day now, once that kind of threshold of games left, you know, um, <clears throat> gets passed. But yeah, just truly unfortunate. The Houston Rockets, they had a slim chance um, right before Christian Wood went down where Victor Oladipo, John Wall, and Christian Wood were all playing together consecutively and they were winning games and we were betting them and we were, and we were rooting for them and we were talking about them highly on our show. Uh, but then after Christian Wood went down, everything just fell apart. They started to start to clean house. They traded Victor Oladipo. John Wall wasn't playing every single night. They got rid of Victor Oladipo. They brought in Kelly Olin and Christian Wood gets held and they still weren't they still weren't that good of a team after that so they had a small they had a small slimmer of hope that Houston the Rockets they could have done something this season but uh, Christian Wood going down really ruined it and then for the Timberwolves I mean Carl Anthony Towns not playing this entire season D'Angelo Russell going down Anthony Edwards having to kind of be all out there by himself a rookie trying to do it all himself he couldn't kind of maintain that too much so the Wolves floundered but then Carl Anthony Towns got healthy then D'Angelo Russell got healthy and they just started to win games so I'm a little I'm a little you know uh saddened for this Wolves team truly just because they just started to get good where the Rockets they had their chance they just never seized it or you know the injuries just kind of ruined their chances the Timberwolves yeah the injuries ruined their chances but they still had you know they still got better they still didn't kind of mail in the season at once everybody kind of got re-healthy they started to win games so I'm a little upset there that the Timberwolves have now officially been eliminated I I mean, we knew they weren't going to make the playing tournament in the West, but, you know, just that, that slimmer of hope that they were able to kind of hold on to in the West. Uh, but, yeah, just truly unfortunate. And we'll see what happens next season. And I truly hope the Timberwolves don't kind of trade away any of their pieces. Carl Anthony Towns, Ricky Rubio even. 
Car, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. They're obviously not going to trade Anthony Edwards. I mean, they just use a first round, uh, first overall draft pick on that man. But um, yeah, I mean, I want to see what this team can do full healthy next season. Uh, you know, kind of clean slate, starting at zero zero, everybody healthy because we saw some great performances. I mean, uh, Ricky Rubio was facilitating the floor fantastic for the starters. D'Angelo Russell off the bench was getting it done as well. So we'll see what their starting lineup's going to be. We'll see if they kind of just shore up their team by just adding maybe one superstar or kind of two other kind of role pieces just to kind of shore up their bench a little bit more and this Wolves team they could be one of the top team well not top should we say top can we say top one of the top teams there in the west obviously the west is very good the Jazz the Suns the Clippers the Nuggets the Lakers the Blazers uh the Grizzlies even I mean they do have I mean their work cut out for them next season absolutely but I'll, I'll I would I would rock with them if I have to kind of bet on them to make the top eight in the west next season I think, I think what what kind of we saw this season with their main core three of D'Angelo Russell, Ricky, or not Ricky Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, I think I would give that a shot. I would definitely, you know, see what they can do next season, so... We'll see what happens, but uh, truly a little bit of an unfortunate season this uh, year for the Timberwolves and the Rockets. I mean, injuries really just plaguing both of these teams, unfortunately. Um, so uh, we'll see you next year, really. Finish up these regular season games, make the most of it, because you're not seeing no playoff action, unfortunately. So truly unfortunate for those teams. <laughs> All right, another unfortunate kind of uh, little protocol safety protocol here De'Aaron Fox will miss at least 10 to 14 days due to the health and safety protocols we just saw Zach Levine the other day get placed on this kind of safety protocols and now De'Aaron Fox is on here as well he was probably I mean he's their main score on their team him and Buddy Heald really get it done De'Aaron Fox gets it more done reliable more consistently than Buddy Heald does so the Kings are definitely going to miss his kind of scoring output I mean the man was putting up like 30 points a game folks the man was truly under the radar if the Kings were a little bit of a better team, a little bit of a better coach team, I mean, we all know Luke Walton is truly ruining this team, but they do have some nice scores out here. They play offense almost as good as any other team in this league. It's just their defense is truly lackluster. Um, and uh, let's see where they are right now. And uh, they were kind of, kind of in the mix to try and potentially make a run for that 10th seed here. Uh, they are currently number 12 in the West. The Kings are with 24 wins, 35 losses, and they are five games back from that 10th seed. So they were, you know, they maybe could have had a chance. Maybe. I can't really see them being that consistent. They've never really kind of been that consistent. As we see, they are 2-8 and t two and eight in their last 10 games. Nothing great. Um, but, yeah, truly unfortunate there for the Kings now really can't even make that last playoff push even they probably weren't going to get it with De'Aaron Fox but now they definitely won't be able to get it without De'Aaron Fox so he's going to miss seven to ten days miss a couple of games here and I mean folks we're I mean we're almost we're down to the nitty-gritty I mean let me take a quick look at basically how many games are left for these teams right now because I think we're at like 15 games left maybe uh, we're just going to take the Bucks really quickly since we clicked on them first, we'll see how many games they have left. So they got the Hawks, or the 76ers, the Hawks, the Hornets, the Rockets, the Bulls, the Nets, the Nets, the Wizards, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Magic, the Pacers, the Heat, the Bulls. That's it, folks. 14 games left. 14 games left now. We'll just kind of say for every team now, every team is, you know, usually, you know, a game, two, three games, you know, within each other. So, you know, about 14 games left for all these teams out here. And the Kings, without De'Aaron Fox, have to try and make up five games out of those 14. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox is going to miss maybe three or four. 
out 10 to 14 days. So, yeah, uh, the Kings, very close to that elimination as well. De'Aaron Fox, I mean, what a stud. Absolutely what a stud. We'll see if he, you know, is on the Kings next season. We'll see if he kind of, you know, forces his way, his way off that team because he is truly a great talent in this league and definitely deserves to be winning a little bit more than what he is currently right now on this very, very poorly coached Kings team. Alrighty, and then the last little story here, little clip from the Warriors last night. And can we talk about Steph Curry going out and beating the Nuggets? We're going to talk about that game, but absolutely fantastic to them and this Steph Curry team, man. He he's a true just dog out there. He will do whatever it takes to win. He will put the, his team on his back every single game, game in, game out. So huge respect to Steph Curry. Honestly, just a great leader, great player, great shooter, and he will lead you to wins if you just get on his back and you know ride him to the promised land. He will bring you there. So. Uh, we get Steph Curry going over to the sideline, talking it up with uh, Clay Thompson. Clay's got the mask. Steph's got the towel over his head, so you can't really tell what they're talking about. But you can just tell the genuine, genuine bond and relationship that these two players have. What a great duo. Truly unfortunate, truly saddened that Clay Thompson has missed these last two seasons just watching Steph Curry go beast mode without him. St Clay Thompson knowing that, you know, hey, if I was in there, we would be, you know, top four in the West. No problem. So it definitely kills Clay. Steph Curry, you know, goes out there, you you know, it still talks it up, still, you know, big relationship between these two players. And when we kind of look at you know, other players that kind of, you know, maybe have this kind of fake bond with other players. I do want to kind of bring up, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Ratt. I don't think they would have the same relationship that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson do. So, uh, you know, we know uh, Steph Curry is just a great guy out here, a great leader. Talking it up with Klay Thompson right here. But uh, I can't really see the roles being reversed with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I don't think they would have this kind of relationship if they were kind of put in the same circumstances together. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, they just have personalities that, you know, they will kind of eat the kind of weaker player or just kind of, you know, other player that's not contributing to their success. They would kind of, you know, put them to the fire, you know, push comes to shove. Hey, I'm not going to take any kind of, you know, tarnish on my record or my name. So I kind of pass it off where we kind of see this relationship with Steph Curry it's nothing kind of like that uh, but that's just my opinion out here that's just kind of how I see these players and just what I get you know what I see what's brought to my attention how I gauge players and what they say kind of you know in public and all that but uh, I don't think I mean and I, I'm not trying to bash Kyrie Irving here. I'm just talking about the differences in kind of like leadership and all that. And I can't, I, Kyrie Irving is just not a leader to me, folks. And I know I say this a lot, but gosh darn, I mean, I, I, the fact that LeBron James did not want to kind of continue to play with Kyrie Irving and then Kyrie Irving teaming up with James Harden and then kind of early in this season, Kyrie Irving is kind of, you know, goes out of the meat and says, no, James Harden's the point guard because Kyrie didn't want to be the point guard because he wants to be seen as kind of this main. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the Kobe. He wants to be the Michael Jordan, but he's not the Kobe and Michael Jordan. We see he can't win games by himself out here. Steph Curry is single-handedly winning games out here. Another reason why we can kind of compare these two because they're they're kind of both great on the floor, but one has better leadership and one will do anything it takes to win these games. I mean, we just saw the Nets barely beat the Celtics with no Kemba Walker, no Evan Fournier, and and no Jalen Brown. Come on. And I know the Nets don't have Kevin Durant in that. But that doesn't make a difference, folks. Especially of how much 
Kyrie Irving talks about how great he is and how, bad, how good of a leader he is, but we don't see the action. So I didn't want to use this segment to kind of bash on Kyrie Irving. I do that enough, uh, folks, and I truly don't like to do that much because he is a great talent on the court. But, you know, his just kind of ego and God complex just kind of get in the way of that a little bit, folks. Um... So, I mean, I just love this right here. I truly love this, man. Honestly, Steph Curry, what a freaking player. Just an overall great guy, it seems like, of just kind of what we see out here. So, man, oh, man. I love it. I love it. The Warriors, I love it. Steph Curry, I love it. I mean, I would love to be in this kind of Warriors organization with Steph Curry around. I mean, it's just got to be so great in just kind of an uplifting place. I mean, they're in the, you know, and they are winners and they are competitors. So, yes, it's going to get, you know, kind of heated sometimes. But at the end of the day, he will go and bring everybody up because they are losing. He will do whatever it takes to win games. So, I got to respect Cur Steph Curry for that. And I love seeing this kind of little clip here of him going over to Clay. Thompson and we don't know what they're saying obviously but I just imagine it being like hey man I mean I'm doing this for the both of us man don't kind of be uh, down on yourself that you can't help out here we're getting it done this is still our team we are still the Splash Brothers have no worries I know you know just some injuries have plagued you over these last two years but it's truly I mean don't I mean try not to be too hard on yourselves man I got us do not worry so I love it, man. I love Steph Curry, man. Absolutely. What a freaking player. What a leader. What a just a he seems like like a great guy just in general. So um, absolutely love it here. All right, some quick stories to go over before we get into the rest of the show here. So uh, uh, those were all the stories we needed to go over. So let's head over to the NBA, break down what happened yesterday in the NBA. Uh, some good games, some close games, some kind of decent upsets, some decent not key players being out for teams, but they still rise to the occasion to win, a la the Hawks last night. Absolutely fantastic. No um, Clint Capella, no Trey Young, and they still get the win. Double-digit 15-point win over the Heat. Yikes, yikes. So... Uh, we'll break down what happened in the NBA last night. We'll do our moneymaker for tonight's action. And then we'll head over to our NFL draft prospect of the day. Looking at Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford. Seeing what that man is all about. So, here we go. Let's get into it. All right, first game up is the Heat and the Hawks. Not good at all for this Heat team. I mean, how does this Heat team lose against this Hawks with no Trey Young and then no Clint Capella on top of that? And and Lou Williams only played 19 minutes off the bench still. It's not like he got elevated to that starting role, which we kind of thought potentially would happen. So very, very well done to this Hawks team. Continuing on winning. I absolutely love it here. Winning without your best player, without your second best player. Another reason why we can't buy this Nets team to much oh no James Harden's out y'all can't win oh no Kevin Durant's out y'all still can't win it's not like they don't have other pieces folks I don't want to hear Bruce Brown um uh, Joe Harris I mean they still got other good shooters on that team so there is no excuse for Kyrie Irving not getting it done especially of you know how good of a superstar that he claims to be he should be able to kind of carry trash you know decently to some wins like LeBron James has done his entire career but that's not Kyrie Irving folks and another reason why we can't call that man a leader come on um, if you want to, you know, just kind of, you know, love his game for his game, that's fine. But we can't be elevating Kyrie Irving anymore. Or, yeah, truly, we can't be elevating Kyrie Irving anymore. And we'll talk about it a little bit more once we get to that Celtics-Nets game from last night. But can we all tone it down a little bit on Kyrie Irving, please? Alrighty. Uh, all right, so the Heat. 
in the Hawks. Let's start here with the Hawks. No Trey Young, no Clint Capella. Absolutely magnificent that they still were able to win. And look at this. I mean, this bench, man. This was probably one of the best bench performances ever. And I absolutely love that because they all stepped it up. Next man up mentality. And they all took advantage. So let's talk about it here. This was the starting lineup that they went with. Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, is the starting point guard. Starting one. Kevin Huter uh, goes down to the starting two. Solomon Hill at the three, John Collins at the four, and then Onika Okongu uh, at the five. So, you know, a little bit of a shakeup here. Uh, and they all got it done. Bogdan Bogdanovich still doing good. 21 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, 5 of 9 from 3. Exactly what he was doing with uh, Trey Young. And, you know, him moving to kind of more of a facilitator rollout here. Still got it done with the 8 assists and the 21 points. So, fantastic. Kevin Herter at the two, 11 points, five steals, six assists, four rebounds, three of eight from three, and 44% on nine shots. So overall, a good game. He was a plus six in the win as well. Oniko Kongu, 6.7 rebounds. He only took four shots. So once again, you know, doing doing his part out here. Obviously not as good as, you know, what Clint Capella could do. The man can give us 20 points a game. Can't really see that from Onika. But, um, I mean, still overall a minus two in a, uh, what do we got, 15-point when it's not the best, but it's still, you know, decently solid for him kind of, you know, getting his kind of first starts out here. Solomon Hill at the three, nine points on six shots and four rebounds to go along with that. And then John Collins stepping it up as well, 20 points, eight rebounds on 64% shooting, one of one from three. So fantastic there. So all the starters decently got it done, but it's truly the bench that really kind of won then the game last night. Brandon Goodwin off the bench, 17 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds on 60% shooting. Danilo Gallinari, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 3 of 7 from 3. And then Lou Williams, 13 points, 2 steals, 2 assists on 45% from the field and 1-1 from 3. So overall, we got some real solid, great production here off the bench. And that was able to help the Hawks last night. So everybody participating in this Hawks win without their two best players can absolutely give them so much credit for that. Um, and the Hawks are, you know, still, you know, vying for kind of playoff positioning here. They're at the five, could still potentially drop down all the way to, you know, the seventh, potentially the eighth seed as well. I mean, they only have about a, uh, a three and a half game lead from that fifth seed down all the way to that eighth seed. So there is still, you know, opportunities for them to drop. They just faced the Heat last night, who is number seven there in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, they the Heat only or the Hawks only have a two game lead on the Heat, a one-game lead going into last night. So an absolutely huge game, and they all stepped it up. Got to give the Hawks so much credit for that. And now when we talk about the Heat, I mean, they just didn't have Victor Oladipo. I mean, that's it. That's really it, and he hasn't been there for a while, and they were still winning games without Victor Oladipo. So there is no reason why this Heat team should have lost last night, and they did. So really, real bad there. The starters all got it done. The bench, very, very lackluster, and that's just absolutely tragic for this team. I mean, <clears throat> we can't count on Goran Dragic. Absolutely pathetic. Um, we can usually all, I mean, Goran Dragic, honestly, is probably the second best player on this team besides Jimmy Butler. Maybe third, if you want to put him behind Bam Adebayo, that's fine. I've got no problem with that, but he's always kind of this leader on this team, so a lackluster performance by him last night really kind of cost him a little bit, but let's get in this Heat team now. Jimmy Butler, 19 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds, 0 of 3 from 3, 46% overall from the field. Trevor Ariza, 13 points, 10 rebounds. He shot 3 of 6 from 3. I mean, Trevor Ariza is a real great piece to this Heat team. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 16 points, but only 3 rebounds, 5 assists. 
Duncan Robinson, 13 points, but 2 of 10 from 3. Gosh darn, Duncan Robinson, really, man, he is kind of spotty out here. And, uh, you know, he's a reason why they don't, when they lose games, Duncan Robinson's a decently key piece on why they lose games if he's not efficient from the 3. Uh, so a little unfortunate there. Kendrick Nunn, 21 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds, 5 of 9 from 3, 53% overall from the field. So he had a pretty good game. Could have facilitated the floor a little bit more but with the only 2 assists there. But we'll give him the 21 points led the team in scoring, so we'll give him that all day. And then off the bench, just absolutely nothing good here. Andre Iguodala, zero points on four shots. Goran Dragic, three points on three shots. Dwayne Dedman, six points. He shot 100%, so fantastic there, but still six points. We need scoring to come from somebody, um, and they just couldn't get it done off the bench. I mean, Tyler Hero put up 12 points, uh, two of five from three, decent, played 16 minutes shot 50% from the field so just a decent all-around game but at the end of the day they lose by 15 somebody has to pick up the scoring slack and just nobody got it done last night so the heat a tough tough loss and uh, I don't know what's going on with this team I mean ever since Victor Oladipo got there they just started losing games for really kind of no reason I, it's kind of wonky so heat with the big old loss last night 118 103 over the Hawks not great but shout out to the Hawks man got to give it up for them and uh, you know Trey Young shouldn't be out that long honestly so I mean this Hawks team Let's see, can they move up? I mean, yeah, they can move up to the fourth seed. Probably won't be able to get up to that third seed. They are four games out from that Bucks team at number three, but definitely can kind of take over that fourth seed, get home court advantage through the first round of the playoffs, which would be pretty good, especially if you're going to face the Knicks because you guys, you know, had the same record. <clears throat> They just had the tiebreaker. So, um, yeah, I mean, this Hawks team, got to give them so much credit. I mean, a huge game to win, and they went out and win. I mean, honestly, they would have been the seventh seed if they if they lost last night in the playing tournament. But they go out and win, secure that five seed for another couple of days here, and now in prime position to take over the fourth seed. So, once again, just got to give it up for this Hawks team. Love this Hawks team, truly. A little bit of a shame that we just did take them out of the top 10 last night in our power rankings. Uh, took them out because we weren't sure how they were going to play without kind of um, Trey Young, but they played, they won. Got to give it up for them, like we've been saying. Uh, so fantastic to the Hawks last night. All right, let's go to the Nets and the Celtics now in a close one here. Nets only winning by 5, 109-104. One of our moneymaker picks, we bet on this Nets team, minus 3. I mean, we thought it was easy. Didn't think it was going to be that close, but it was this close. So, little unfortunate there by the Nets not blowing out this team. Got to blow out this team. You got to blow out this team. No Jalen Brown, no Kemba Walker. I mean, this is the lineup. Marcus Mart, Romeo Langford, Jason Tatum, Semi Ulajay, and Tristan Thompson. Y'all think that's a good starting five? Oh, Evan Fournier did play last night. Okay, but he went 0 of 7, two points. Absolutely trash out there. Um, I thought he was still in uh, COVID-19 protocols, but must have just made it right, uh, right before the tip-off. So, very well done to Evan Fournier, but he still kind of didn't play out there. Only two points on 0 of 7 shooting. Not very good. Um, so... But still, no Kemba Walker and still no Jalen Brown. Mm, should have been a blowout. But um, let's start here with the Nets since they won the game. Kyrie Irving, 15 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, but 21% uh, on 19 shots. 0 of 6 from 3, really not efficient out there. The 11 assists and 9 rebounds, that's all great. That's fine. I love that. But, you know, 15 points, lackluster scoring, 5 turnovers, barely winning against the Celtics, depleted Celtics team. 
That's the Kyrie Irving y'all want to root for. That's fine, but I, I would like a little bit more winning. Winning. Can you win? Can you win, folks? That's the mantra of the show. Can you win? Are you winning? And Kyrie Irving, he won last night, so we'll give it up for him. But overall, by himself, he doesn't win, man. Alrighty. Uh, Laundry Shamit starting at the two. Nine points, three rebounds on 37% shooting on eight shots. One of four from three. Nothing great. DeAndre Jordan, 8 points, 11 rebounds. Jeff Green at the 4, 19 points, 2 steals, 3 assists on 3 of 5 from 3, 45% overall from the field. And then Joe Harris, 20 points, 4 of 7 from 3. All righty, he's back, baby. He is back. He led the team in scoring. Fantastic. Um, that's kind of something that else we've been kind of keeping a track on, how Joe Harris performs with Kyrie Irving because we've been seeing Joe Harris perform absolutely incredible when it's just him and James Harden out here on a nightly basis. So, Joe Harris kind of getting back to his kind of old shape here. A plus 17, 20 points. Led the team scoring. Fantastic. 4 of 7 from 3. Wonderful. Uh, so, absolutely great here by Joe Harris. Um, yeah, huge, huge. And he's, uh, you know, we call him the fifth man of the year. Tobias Harris, Joe Harris. Fifth man of the year, honestly. Um, and I had one other person. Who was the other person I was going to I was gonna tweet about it? Um, about kind of another consistent, reliable player. And I forgot who I was going to say. Tobias Harris, Joe Harris, obviously. We've been calling them our fifth man of the year all season long. And kind of a fifth man is kind of what we've been making up this year. of Not kind of superstar talent, but a con a consistent, great piece on your starting team. So that's kind of what we kind of you know frame as kind of a fifth man of the year. And uh, Joe Harris, Tobias Harris, always freaking on point. Will always get you that solid point production. Will always step up if, you know, they're the only guy. Like Joe Harris with James Harden, he was always stepping up when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving weren't on the floor. So, But I forgot who we were going to give it again. Oh, no, it wasn't Paul George. It wasn't Paul George, even though Paul George is fantastic. He is a superstar. Um, Darn it. All right, well, maybe it will come back to us. Maybe it will come back to us. Maybe it will come back to us. And if it comes back to us, we'll, we'll mention them out. But, uh, yeah, Joe Harris, great night last night. And then off the bench, anything great here? Bruce Brown, wonderful. 15 points, 8 rebounds on 87% shooting. Absolutely fantastic. And then we get Blake Griffin off the bench. 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals in 23 minutes. He did take 5 threes, and we don't like that. We've been saying that. We saw him kind of average 6 threes taken in the Pistons. Thought it would come down a little bit here on the Nets, and it, it did. It was down, you know, his first couple games when he was testing the waters on what he can get away with with this Steve Nash, Steve Nash head coach team that is would not be as good as it was if it didn't have all this talent. Let's not, you know, say that Steve Nash is just some great coach or something. Uh, but Blake Griffin, one of five from three. I don't love it. I don't love it. Uh, so overall, and then let's also shout out this Mike James. Let's get him. Mike James, Mike Jones, eight points, a plus 17 on the floor. We'll take that all day. Two assists, two rebounds, 37% shooting. Not the greatest, but we'll take the eight points. We'll take that. So overall, a decent night by the Nets, able to squeak out one against this Celtics team. So let's talk about the Celtics team now. Like we said, no Kemba Walker, no Jalen Brown in the lineup of Marcus Mart, Romeo Langford, Tristan Thompson, Semi Ulige, and Jason Tatum. That's not looking real good out there. Luckily, Jason Tatum had a great game, and this is what Jason Tatum has really been doing. He's been getting it done by himself. No Kemba Walker for one game, no Jalen Tatum for one game. It's always Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, so... 
All right, let's start here with Jason Tatum, since we're saying his name. Uh, 38 points, 10 rebounds, 6 of 12 from 3, taking 12 threes already, but he made 50%, so we'll give it to him. 38 points, absolutely fantastic, especially without not, I mean, they had lackluster shooter, shooters last night, so yes, I want Tatum taking all the shots last night. He should have had every single shot. Um, so Tatum with the 38 points, we'll take that. Marcus Smart in the starting point guard position, 19 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 of 10 from 3, 41% overall from the field. Not the greatest, but still got it done decently. It was a plus 4 on the court, so got to give it up for that in a kind of, uh, what is this, a 5-point uh, loss, so pretty decent there. Romeo Langford, zero points on two shots, two rebounds, just nothing great. He was a minus 26 on the floor in 18 minutes. I don't know how he went and did that, but uh, not great by Romeo Langford last night, truly. Uh, Tristan Thompson still here at the five, eight points, nine rebounds. Semi Ulige, three points on three shots, two rebounds. He just made one three. That's really it. So once again, cannot really count on any other offensive production I mean three starters at, put up together 11 points together I mean that's nothing great off the bench Evan Fournier did play unfortunately he had another kind of zero percent shooting game we saw kind of two of these games the first game was his first game where he shot like 0 of 10 off the bench and now here he is back recovering from that COVID-19 of not being on the floor for a couple of games 0 of 7 so we can kind of you know give him a little bit of a pass here of coming back in kind of a game shape game rhythm so we can give Evan Fournier a little bit of a pass here, going 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. Uh, two points, five assists, two rebounds, just nothing great. He was a plus five on the floor, so I guess we can give him that. Um, and then, oh my goodness, a huge step up that really kind of just made it look a little competitive, man. Because if it wasn't for this man, I mean, woof, they would have got blown out. But Peyton Pritchard, man, got to give it up for him. 22 points off the bench, 2 assists, 3 rebounds on 66% shooting from the field, 6 of 7 from 3. So an absolutely perfect performance, a needed performance. Somebody else also needed to step up. Unfortunately, they didn't, and that's why they lose the game. So... Very well done to Peyton Pritchard. I mean, what is this man in? Is uh, he, I don't think he's a rookie. What is he, second year in? What do we got? Oh, he is a rookie. Look at this man go. Yes, sir. Step it up big time. Next man up mentality. He went and ran with it. So very well done to Peyton Pritchard. And let's also uh, talk about uh, Jabari Parker a little bit because we know he's been playing a little bit here uh, for the Celtics. Two points, eight rebounds in 12 minutes. So not bad. He did shoot one to five from the field. So could have been a little bit better. But I'll take those eight rebounds, a plus five in those short 12 minutes. So getting him a little bit you know, more incorporated. This is what the Celtics are going to need if they want to make a long playoff push. They need good bench production. Because even with their full roster of Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown in, I mean, we still got Romeo Langford and Semi Uluje coming off the bench. It's still nothing great there. So they really need Evan Fournier to kind of be that main bench scorer. He has to kind of go on his Jordan Clarkson and go like 19 points a game because that's going to be the only real scoring the bench is going to do. Now, if Peyton Pritchard can keep it up, absolutely fantastic. We'll see if he can. And Jabari Parker, if he can kind of make a little bit of an impact, impact as well off the bench, that's going to be desperately needed if they want to make a long playoff run. So we'll keep an eye on the Celtics bench um, as always. And, uh, you know, you know, like we've said, about 14 games left for all these teams. Let's see how they get it done in kind of this last stretch until the playing tournament begins. All righty, let's move on to the Hornets and the Cavs now. I mean, oof. Gut-wrenching loss for us. I mean, we were so high on this Cavs team last night, plus one, plus one and a half. Remember, we were talking about kind of the, the line changing as we were talking about it. 
Um, but uh, yeah, Cavs plus one did not hit last night. Truly unfortunate here. And uh, the Hornets, I got to give it, I mean, I got to give up so much respect to this Hornets team. Next man up mentality, losing LaMelo Ball, then losing Malik Monk, then losing Gordon Hayward, and they're still winning games decently, consistently. They're kind of going, I think they're like five and five in their last 10. They're like winning, losing every other game, I believe. What do we got? What do we got for them? Four and six in the last 10. I think that upgraded from three and seven when we last checked it. But yeah, shout out to this Hornets team. Very well done. A win here against the Cavs team that basically had everybody good to go. So I'm a little very disappointed in this Cavs team. But we'll get there um, seconds because we always start with the winners. So let's start here with the Hornets. I mean, uh, this was the lineup that they rocked with. P.J. Washington back in the starting lineup at the starting five. And we know that he hasn't really had any great success there throughout the entire season. But he had a great game uh, last night with 25 points. Um, so Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier. Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington's the starting lineup, and the starters all got it done, honestly. Devontae Graham didn't have a great night. Eight points, but he did have 10 assists. Did not shoot well at all. Two of 13 from three and 18% overall from the field. Terry Rozier got into his kind of bag a little bit. 25 points, six assists. He shot 45%. Two of eight from three. Once again, not efficient, but we'll take those 25 points, absolutely. P.J. Washington, like I said, 25 points, five rebounds. Great night. Uh, five of nine from three, just getting it done at the five. Miles Bridges. Bridges, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 4 of 6 from 3, 60% from the field. And then Cody Martin to round out the starters, 6 points on 4 attempts and 3 rebounds. But, I mean, we got 3 starters, all 25-plus points, absolutely fantastic. And then... We even got a, a good bench production from Jalen McDaniels, who usually is in that starting lineup. So 10 points, 6 rebounds off the bench. Absolutely fantastic here. So well done to this Hornets team. Kind of moving around their starting roster. I mean, they only played 8 guys last night. No um, Cody Zeller coming off the bench as a big. Just really my, or PJ Washington getting it done. So shout out to this Hornets team. Still winning games. Still being competitive without 3 of their main pieces. Another reason why we're so heavy on this Hornets team. Because because you're winning without all your star players, and that's fantastic. Next man up mentality, how deep you are. That's really what a true team is. Yes, your superstars are kind of a huge portion of why you win games, but what's your role players doing? What is your bench doing? Because uh, the Hornets are taking full advantage of all this kind of opportunity to get better, to prove themselves as starters or more role players, more consistent, good role players. So shout out definitely to this big old Hornets team out here still getting some nice quality wins. All right, and then we go to the Cavs now. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Kevin Love all in the starting lineup and all having pretty decent games. Just unfortunately, the bench was a little lackluster, uh, which we, we, we kind of know about the team. We don't really rely too much on this bench. And, uh, you know, we didn't get that third kind of 25 point score that uh, the Hornets had. So, Colin Sexton, 28 points, 2 assists, 7 rebounds, 3 of 8 from 3, 57% overall from the field, but we'll take the 28 points, absolutely. Darius Garland, he gets it done, 27 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, can always count on Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. They are basically the majority, they are basically the only main scores, more, more main consistent scores on this Cavs team. Uh, Jared Allen, 15 points, 9 rebounds, he was a minus 7 on the floor, could have been a little bit better. 
Kevin Love, 12 points, 5 rebounds. He shot absolutely poorly, 27% from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, and was also a minus 11 on the floor, the worst plus minus on the team. So definitely could have been a little bit better there. And then Isaac Okuru at the 3, nothing great. 3 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, 1 of 6 from the field. So truly nothing great there. And then we get Isaiah Hartenstein with 10 points off the bench, 10 points, 5 rebounds. He shot 100%, so fantastic to him, but just nothing else great. And uh, nothing great from the other stars besides Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, who both put up 27, 28 points. So, unfortunate here by the Cavs. We trusted them. They couldn't get it done against this Hornets team. Truly, truly disappointing. So, we will take the blame for that. We apologize with that Cavs plus one pick. But we were feeling good. I mean, other people were feeling good. I mean, they were betting it as we were talking about it. That's why the line was coming down a little bit. So, we had the right thinking, and that's just how gambling goes. You can have the right thinking. It ain't always going to work, and that's what exactly what happened last night. But that's not going to stop us. You thought that was going to stop us? What are you nuts? <laughs> Come on, we'll still take that. We go back in time. We say we still take the Cavs plus one and a half to, uh, if we go back in time. So, unfortunate. Just unfortunate sometimes. <clears throat> Alrighty, then we go to the Clippers and the Rockets. And once again, I mean, I, can we give it up for Paul George here? Absolutely fantastic. And I know it's in the regular season, but hey, I mean, hey, do what you got to do. We're not going to kind of clown you for doing what you're supposed to do. And that's winning when you play. And he's winning when he's playing. So we'll see how he translates into the postseason. But for right now, and I don't know if we're kind of falling under the spell of, you know, classic regular season Paul George, but I got to give it up for this man. No, kind of being the main superstar. No Kawhi Leonard in and out in there still winning games, folks. They're on a nice win streak, I think. Four games, nine and one in their last ten, and that's I gotta give it all up. All that credit needs to go to Paul George. It truly does. He's the only one playing consistent out here. <clears throat> over this last kind of two-week stretch. So, shout-out to Paul George. Absolutely, fantastically well done. So, let's start here with the Clippers. Paul George, 33 points. He's averaging like 30 points over these last 10 games, folks. Don't 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 play with this man. 33 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Now, he, didn't, he wasn't efficient. I mean, 3 of 10 from 3, 30% overall from the field. Nothing great, but we'll still take the 33 points. You got to get some points. And, you know, with all these other players, I mean, Paul George needs... Needs to be the one taking the bulk of the shots anyway. So I've got no problem with, you know, him taking 27 shots. Absolutely not. <clears throat> Just, you know, be a little bit more efficient. It usually is. I think this was probably his worst efficiency game over this kind of, you know, like we've been saying, two-week period. But absolutely magnificent here by Paul George. <clears throat> Love it. Um, all right, Reggie Jackson still getting it done at kind of the starting point guard position. 19 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, uh, 3 of 6 from 3, 41% overall from the field, but he gets it done, and he's he's their best point guard that they've had all season, folks. Yes, Patrick Beverly is a good defender as well, but he doesn't put up this offensive production that you know Reggie Jackson does on a nightly basis. So, um, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of individual defense. You know, that's why we haven't been really tracking defensive player of the year. Um, you know, you switch and you don't switch and you should have switched and you don't switch, but the coach is telling you to switch when you shouldn't. So I don't really like individual defensive performance. I like team defensive performance. I like to see what your plus minus is, what you're doing on the floor. Uh, so I don't really hammer down just defensive stats. I really think it's a team thing. If you're letting up points defensively, it's a team thing. Um, so that's just how I feel on defense in the NBA, but Reggie Jackson, truly great job down, uh, here, you know, kind of being the next man up because he wasn't the starter. Patrick Beverly's been the starter, but Reggie Jackson, absolutely wonderful out here. Another good night by him. 
Terrence Mann at the starting two. Not a great night. Five points, three rebounds. He was a plus seven on the floor, so we'll give it to him. Zubak, 12 points, eight rebounds. And then Patrick Patterson to round out the starters, 12.6 rebounds. So all the starters had some real great contributions out here. All real good production. And then we go down to the bench, which we can always kind of rely on. Everybody, somebody's going to step it up. Somebody's going to kind of elevate their play with all these kind of other players out. No Marcus Morris, no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so Amir Coffey, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and then DeMarcus Cousins, 11 points, 8 rebounds. Finally, he's doing something. Still not playing a lot of minutes. Played the lowest amount of minutes on the entire game uh, with 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, he he gave us the 11 points and 8 rebounds, so we'll absolutely give that to him. So wonderful game here by the Clippers, able to hold off this Rockets team. And now for the Rockets, John Wall, 27 points, 13 assists, 1 of 7 from 3, not the greatest. Uh, could have been a little bit better, but we'll take the 27 points and absolutely we'll take those 13 rebounds. Amani Brooks at the starting two, 9 points, 4 rebounds. Christian Wood, another monstrous game, can always rely on him, 24 points, 19 rebounds. Man, oh man, this man is fantastic. He needs to get off this Rockets team because I don't know what their future is going to look like, but I don't want to kind of wait around and Christian Wood to kind of ruin his career, ruin his kind of, you know, starting of his prime because what is he in his second year right now? I don't think he's a rookie. He may be a rookie, honestly. No, four years. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, four years experience. I was going to say, I didn't think it was a rookie, but yeah, very well done to Christian Wood here. Let's get him, you know, off of this garbage team. Let's get him kind of competing already. And then uh, Kelly Olenek, another good game from him. 23 points, 10 rebounds. Once again, just two of six from three, nothing special. 61% from the field. So he got it done. And then Deshaun Tate, 8 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 steals, 2 of 6 from 3. Uh, so decent here by the starters. Nothing great off their bench. Their best bench score was Kenya Martin with 5 points and Daniel House Jr. with 5 points. So the big thing is that Daniel House Jr. is back in action, right? Because he's been out for a little bit here. So little lackluster production from Daniel House Jr. We'll see if he kind of works his way back into that starting lineup. So we'll see if he gets back in there, if Kelly Olenek comes down to the bench or Deshaun Tate comes down to the bench, something like that. But uh, we'll see what their starting lineup is going to be. It's going to be, you know, it doesn't matter because we just talked about it in the opening of the show, them being eliminated from the playoffs, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, the Rockets, it was a little bit of a good run this year. We had about a week and a half stretch where we were big on them. So shout out to the Rockets for at least making our kind of, uh, you know, making our show a little bit, you know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Rockets, uh, lose, not good. 109-104, very well done for a win with the Clippers. Alrighty, Wizards are winning again, folks. They just win again last night. 129-109 win over the Thunder. A nice 20-point win. Absolutely fantastic here. So, I mean, the usual suspects get it done. Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, yes sir. Davis Burton's off the bench fourth leading score for the squad so classic Wizards game glad that we just put them into our power rankings yesterday starting them at number 10 we'll see if they're able to move up a, a little bit throughout this next week but hey they got the win and that's all we were asking for can you win and can you win consistently and uh, they are on a what eight game winning streak uh, Wizards uh, seven game winning streak is this updated let me refresh it one more time Seven-game winning streak. Like we said, they just got that 10th seed because they beat the Bulls the other night. 
or the Bulls lost and they won. That's why. Uh, so very, I mean, I got to give so much credit to this Wizards team, to Bradley Beal, to Russell Westbrook, always competing, always winning, or not always winning, but always giving it your all to try and win because in the first half of the season, I mean, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal were kind of doing their thing, but not winning games. And, you know, they could have just phoned it in for the rest of the season, but they kept at it. Now they're in the playing tournament and we'll see what they can do. And I'm super excited to watch them in the playing tournament. Alrighty, let's start here with the Wizards since they won. Russell Westbrook, 37 points, 11 assists, 11 rebounds, 3 of 4 from 3, 60% overall. And the best thing on top of this, 3 turnovers. Yes, sir. Cleaned up the turnovers. I know it hasn't really made too much of a difference in these past, like, 7 games. You know, we've seen 9 turnover games. We've seen 3. We've seen 5. We've seen 4. And uh, they've all they've all resulted in wins. So I'm trying not to put too much emphasis on Russell Westbrook's turnovers, but I do kind of want to keep it in check a little bit because we know we can kind of get a little out of control out here with the nine turnovers in a game. Um, Bradley Beal, 33 points, three assists, six rebounds. He had seven turnovers in this game, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Turnovers don't matter in this league anymore. Turn the ball over. Who cares? You're winning games. It doesn't matter. Um, Alex Len still at the five, six points, two rebounds, only still playing 13 minutes. Raul Neto, 15 points, five assists, four rebounds. And I mean, if we can get Raul Neto to kind of consistently give us these 15 points a game, this is what's going to be uh, fantastic for this uh, Wizards team. I mean, averaging eight points a game here, I mean, this is what we're talking about, folks. I mean, we get no real great scoring production from anybody else besides Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. The third player that we can count on the most is probably Davis Burtons. And then the fourth, hopefully, is Raul Neto. Um, he had a great game last night. So, <clears throat> shout out to Raul Neto. Let's see if he kind of consistently get it done. And I do like this kind of lineup change. You know, we've been seeing Bradley Beal at the two for the longest time. But now, kind of during this uh, seven-game win stretch, Bradley Beal's been going down to um, getting uh, moved to the starting three at the yeah the starting uh, uh, three position so <clears throat> got to give it up for uh, this Wizards coach of you know playing around with the starting lineups a little bit here tweaking it out f to get the maximum potential out of this team and so far it's been working so truly shout out to this Wizards team I, I love it and then uh, let's round out the starters here. Isaac Bonga at the four, only playing 10 minutes, three points, 10 rebounds. But off the bench, who can we rely on? Davis Burton's 12 points on 57% shooting, four of seven from three. Uh, six, uh, no, two rebounds to go along with those 12 points. Also a plus six on the floor. Fantastic. What is Davis Burton's averaging? 11 points. Exactly, folks. Folks, come on. You got to give it up for this Wizards team, man. They are making it work with not the greatest scorers out here, but uh, this this leadership of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, man, they are willing their way to wins every single night. So I give them uh, so much credit. All right, anything good off this bench? We get Anthony Gill. Haven't called him all season. Nine points, 10 rebounds, plus 20 on the floor. Yes, sir, in only 20 minutes. So absolutely wonderful there. Well done by this Wizards team, and we will keep betting them. We will keep buying them as long as they keep winning. That's all we want to see, so fantastic there. Alrighty, and then for the Thunder, anything good here? What do we got? Uh, Puko Zvetsky, another lackluster performance. Eight points on 30% shooting. <clears throat> Lugan Stortz back, and a little lackluster game from him. Still at the starting two. Eight, uh, 18 points, eight rebounds on 14% from three, one of seven from three, 33% from the field. So once again, nothing great. Theo Melendon at the starting one, 20 points, led the team in scoring along with Darius Baisley, 20 points as well, six rebounds for Darius Baisley, Theo Melendon, eight assists to go along with that, and then nothing great from the bench. So, um, I mean, no Shea Gills, Alexander, no shot at a win here by the Thunder. 
And that's exactly what happened. They lose by 20. Alrighty, let's get these last two games in and try to squeeze in our moneymaker before the 1 o'clock game tips off. We should have till 110, so we have about 16 minutes. So let's uh, finish up these games. Here we go. Alrighty, and this one is absolutely another killer loss here by the Blazers. Yes, they lost again, if you can believe it. They have lost four in a row, two and eight in their last ten. Man, oh man, and I know Damian Lillard has kind of, you know, been out for, you know, some of this last ten game stretch. I get it, but these last two games he's been in and once again still losing by one point, so... Damian Lillard for MVP, I think, is now officially off the table. I think we have to take him off. Uh, we got to just take him off. He's not getting it done. Truly unfortunate here. The wins are not coming, and I don't think they're going to have enough games to kind of overcome it. So we are going to have to take Damian Lillard off the list. But we still got Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Jokic, and Curry. So we'll see over these next 14 games who's really going to solidify themselves as the MVP. But let's get back to this Blazers-Grizzlies uh, game. Let's start here with the Grizzlies since they won. No, Jonas Valanciunas at the 5, and Xavier Xavier Tillman fills in once again. It has a decent game. He had a great game his first game without Valanciunas stepping up in that starting 5, and now he has a pretty another good game out here. So, another reason why the Blazers, another heartbreaking loss without Valanciunas. I mean, I thought the Grizzlies would flounder. I think we took this in our moneymaker. Blazers minus three. Man, oh man. Truly unfortunate here. We had Nets minus four and a half. That hit. Cavs plus one and a half. That didn't hit. Nuggets minus two. That didn't hit. Blazers minus three didn't hit. So some of these teams that we've been betting on and relying all, on all season have kind of let us down last night. Truly unfortunate. But we'll get back on track today, folks. We're not worried about it. All right. But back here to this game, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. So here we go. John Moran, 33 points. Wonderful. 13 assists as well. 64% uh, from the field. Only one of three from th one of three from three. So a wonderful night by John Morant. Grayson Allen, lackluster night. Truly two points on 0 of 5 from three and only one of six from the field. Uh, six rebounds and three assists to go along with that. Xavier Tillman, as we said, at the starting five, 12.6 rebounds. Kyle Anderson, 14 points, eight rebounds. And then Dylan Brooks at the three, 25 points, three assists, two rebounds. And then they also got great production here off the bench. Jaron Jackson Jr., yes, sir. Is this his first game all season, man? I think he's been out for basically the entire season here. What's his, uh, he's been playing. What do we got? He has been playing all right recently. All righty. Word. Word. Um, so he steps up big time out here. Um, 23 points off the bench, two assists, three rebounds on 71% shooting. And then we also got DeAnthony Melton, 10 points off the bench as well. So wonderful job off the bench here. Very well done by the starters besides Grayson Allen, a minus 15 on the floor. Very, very not good. But, uh, the Grizzlies, man, they are so inconsistently good. It's crazy out here. Um, where are we at now with them? Are they now above 500? What do we got? 30 and 28. So once again, two games above 500. They've been towing the 500 line, a game above, a game below, right at 500 all season. They've got themselves at plus two. 
in the um, in the win column. So, I mean, they're at the eighth seed currently, a play-in tournament. They can get up to that kind of safe number one seed. They are only two games out from that. So, we'll see how they kind of finish up these last about 14 games that every team has. But, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm interested. I like this Grizzlies team. They are a little inconsistent on how they win and when they lose. You know, not having Valanchunas, they win. Having Valanchunas, they lose. Facing, a, like, an easier opponent against the Knicks. Not great. Losing in overtime. I know the Knicks are good and not relaxed. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, so one, uh, a good win here for the Grizzlies. Let's just leave it at that. And let's uh, definitely shout out Xavier Tillman for stepping up and getting it done in role of no Valanchunas. Alrighty, now let's go to the Blazers. Yusuf Nurchich finally had a good game, and he better have gone against Xavier Tillman finally, but they still just could not get it done. They have the last chance opportunity. Nurchich takes the game winner. Why is Nurchich taking the game winner? Have y'all not learned your lesson? Over the three losses, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, Yusuf Nurchich have all taken the last shot, and it does not go. It doesn't go. Why are you not giving the ball to Damian Lillard? I know he was out, but he wasn't out for these last two games. I think he was out for that third game where they still lost by one, but that doesn't excuse why he's not getting the ball at the last second. We know he's got ice in his veins, folks. Come on, it's Dame Dalla Bill, y'all. Come on, give this man the last shot. So super disappointing that he's not getting the last shot out here. <clears throat> That he's not having the chance to kind of win the games himself, uh, you know, make his MVP case. I mean, if he would have hit these last two back-to-back -back games, uh, you know, losing by like one and two points, and he hit the game winner both these games, I mean, man, oh man, his MVP would skyrocket. Uh, but they don't give him the ball. They don't give him the ball. So here we go. Why did the Blazers lose? Damian Lillard, 27 points, five assists. He shot three of 11 from three. Could have been better. CJ McCollum, 22.7 assists, 9 rebounds. He shot 4 of 10 from 3. Nurchish, oh my god, an absolute monster game and definitely needed, but it still results in a loss. So, man, oh man. But he had 26.17 rebounds, 5 assists. A wonderful night by him. Shot 73% as well. Efficient as heck. Robert Covington at the 4, 7 points, 5 assists, 8 rebounds. He shot 22% at 9 shots. Not great. Um, and then Norman Powell, 13 points, 2 assists, 1 of 3 from 3. So, not bad there by the starters. And then they got good contribution off the bench. Carmelo Anthony, 13 points, 3 rebounds. Ennis Cantor, 12.7 rebounds. But that's it. Derrick Jones Jr. still, you know, 6 points on 3 shots. Not doing anything out there. Anthony Simons not taking up those shots. 2 points in 8 minutes on 1 shot. So, <clears throat> unfortunate here by the Blazers. They didn't have that 20-point performer off the bench. Still kept it close. Just going to hit the last shot. Nurture's going to be clutch. Man, oh, man. Blazers, nobody's clutch besides Damian Lillard on this team, man. And if you're not giving them the ball, you can't be clutch, right? All right, and then the last game of the night. The Warriors and the Nuggets. And, man, oh, man, another win here for the Warriors. And got to give them so much credit here for winning. Uh, Nuggets win streak without Jamal Murray, unfortunately, comes to an end. So we'll see why. But let's start here with the Warriors. Kelly Oubre Jr., once again, coming off the bench. Still playing starting minutes, 32 minutes. But he's coming off the bench. And that's absolutely, I mean, I would say that's turning. I mean, that's definitely working for the Warriors. I mean, we've been seeing Steph Curry and Kelly Oubre Jr. together on the floor. And it doesn't work. Both starting together. And it doesn't work. But now, ever since he's been coming off the bench they've been winning games folks so I got to give it up for Steve Kerr fixing the lineup here adjusting it so it works so you win games so much credit <clears throat> and Kelly Oubre Jr. is flourishing off the bench it's like he's he's better off the bench even though he's still playing starting minutes than if he's starting so 
Once again, huge credit to uh, Steve Kerr out there. But uh, let's talk about uh, the Warriors real quick, the players. Steph Curry, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists on 4 of 9 from 3, 61% from the field, a plus 27 on the floor, so still locking it up defensively as well. Truly wonderful. Uh, Michael Mulder gets the starting kind of nod at the starting two where Kelly Oubre Jr. used to play. Uh, Michael Mortar, 14 points on 60% shooting, 2 of 3 from 3. We'll take that all day. Kevon Looney still at the 5, 2 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds. Draymond Green, 2 points, 19 assists, 12 rebounds. Only took 3 shots. That's Dray Draymond's game right here, just facilitating the floor, being the captain, being a leader on the floor. Love it. And then Andrew Wiggins, 19 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Fantastic night. Uh, 3 of 6 from 3, 50% overall from the field. What we can rely on Andrew Wiggins to do. Wonderful job. And then off the bench, folks, yes, mother-loving sir, Kelly Oubre Jr., 23 points, 2 blocks, 3 steals, 3 assists, 6 rebounds on 3 of 7 from 3, 56% from the field. So wonderful night by Kelly Oubre Jr. He's not been putting up these numbers like this in the starting rotation. So... Wonderful job there. And then let's also shout out Jordan Poole. 15 points, 2 steals, 3 assists off the bench as well. So that great bench production. Oh, and let's not forget Juan Toscano-Anderson. 9 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds on 57% shooting. So wonderful job here by the bench. Great job by the stars of uh, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins getting it done in that starting lineup. And then just having, you know, Kelly Oubre Jr. run the floor with the second team a little bit, with the starters a little bit, and they're mix and they're just they're just getting it done. So well done to the Warriors getting back on track here with the win. Coming off that loss against the Wizards, I believe. And now let's talk about this Nuggets team real quick. <clears throat> Um, like we said, no Jamal Murray, Facundo Capazzo still filling in for that starting point guard position. Austin Rivers played 22 minutes off the bench. We'll talk about him in a second, but let's start here with the starters. Facundo Capazzo, seven points on 12% shooting on eight shots. Not the greatest four assists to go along with that. Will Barton only played a minute. No, uh, Joe Kick, 19 points, six assists, six rebounds. Aaron Gordon, 17 points on 54% shooting, six rebounds to go along with that. Michael Porter Jr., leading scorer for the Scott. Squad, 26 points, 5 rebounds. He shot 7 of 14 from 3. Um, and then off the bench, just nothing good. Nothing good at all. I mean, nothing great anywhere from this team. Besides, Michael Porter Jr. had a good game, but Aaron Gordon, Jokic, you know, 17, 19 points respectively, not going to get it done. So they needed another scorer out here. Couldn't get it. Austin Rivers, 6 points, 2 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench. It's decent, but it needs to be more. It needs to be better. Make up for that lackluster scoring that Jamal Murray uh, no longer can provide. Um, and that, yeah, just nothing. Paul Millsap didn't even have a good game. Three points. He had four assists and seven rebounds, but we need scoring to come from somewhere. We need it without Jamal Murray. Nobody could kind of make up for that. So Nuggets lose. They only put up 97 points. Truly unfortunate there. We, uh, Warriors get the win 118-97 over the Nuggets. Alrighty, let's uh, go to what we've got on tap for today in the NBA. Uh, we got uh, Raptors and Knicks tipping off in about six minutes on ESPN. Then we get the 76ers and Bucks at 3.30 ESPN. So we got some nice kind of early nationally televised games. And we got a late cap too. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Fantastic. Three games on today. Um, we get Pistons, Pacers on later. Spurs, Pelicans, Bulls, Heat, Lakers, Mavs, Timberwolves, Jazz, and the Rockets and the Nuggets. The Lakers, Mavericks are on ABC at 8.30 tonight. So... 
You're around at 8.30. Watch the game. Um, alrighty, let's um, go to our moneymaker. Let's see. I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze in this, uh, this first game up. I think we might be a little too late. Knicks Raptors. Let's see. Did I tip off yet? Has not. So we're good. All right. We can talk about it. Here we go. Knicks Raptors. We still got five minutes to spare here. So here we go. Raptors minus one. Knicks plus one. Uh, the game is tipping off in five minutes. So we should know everybody who's in and out here to make a real good, clear decision. So for the Raptors, Rodney Hood is out. Paul Watson and Chris Boucher is out. Some decent scoring there. Not off the bench or off the bench, but it's decent scoring with Chris Boucher and Rodney Hood. And then for the Knicks, what have we got? Uh, Alec Burks is out, and then Miles Powell is a game-time decision. So nothing truly out there for the Knicks, just kind of the usual suspects there. So I'm going to take the Knicks plus one here. Let's keep riding this Knicks train. Absolutely, we'll ride it till the wheels fall off. We just put them at number six in our power rankings. Fantastic. Well done there. So got to give it up for this Knicks team. RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock getting it done for the starters, just being clutch. I mean, Reggie Bullock being clutch almost every game here so gotta give it up for him hitting big shots in the fourth quarter Derek Rose off the bench Taj Gibson off the bench even Nerlens Noel as the starter man he's really been getting it done solid work by him so and I'm a decent Nerlens Noel fan out here he's getting it done so absolutely love seeing that man have some success here in the league so we'll take the next plus one tonight let's see how they fare here against the Raptors Alrighty, 76ers in the box. 76ers plus 7.5, bucks minus 7.5. We're going to probably stay away from this game because it is in a back-to-back. -back. Um, let's see if Ben Simmons is back in this game, though. Um, for the 76ers, Joel Embiid is a game-time decision. Ben Simmons is still out, and Furkin Korkmaz is a game-time decision. So we'll still definitely have to stay away from this one. If Ben Simmons was playing, we will probably would have taken this game, but the spread would not be plus 7.5, folks. Um, and then for the Bucks, everybody's going to go. So, yeah, definitely staying away from this game. Second game in a back-to-back -back of these two player of these two teams facing each other, so we usually stay away from that. All right, then we get the Pistons in the Pacers. Pistons plus 4.5, Pacers minus 4.5. Uh, for the Pacers, Rodney Magruder is out. Jeremy Grant is questionable. Dennis Smith is out. And then for the Pacers, Jeremy Lamb, game-time decision. Doug McDermott, game-time decision. Miles Turner, out. Demonis Sabonis, out. And then Goga Badazi. Uh, Badaz. Badazi. Badazi. Badazi? Patazi um, is a game time decision. So, uh, staying away from this one, two trash teams. The Pacers are trash. They've been trash. Even with Sabonis, they're still kind of trash. Uh, but, you know, now that he's out as well, definitely staying away from that game. Uh, Bulls Heat. Bulls plus four and a half. Heat minus four and a half. All righty. This Heat team is floundering big time. Um, Zach Levine is still out for the Bulls. And for the Heat, Victor Oladipo is still out. So, hey, uh, this Bulls team. It's on a one-game winning streak. Just beat the Hornets the other night with just kind of Zach Levine out there by himself. So I'm going to take the Bulls here, plus four and a half heat on a back-to-back. -back. Heat not being able to win games. I don't know what it is about them. <clears throat> they shouldn't be th struggling this much without Victor Oladipo. They weren't struggling this much without him in the first place before they got him. So really, really don't know why they're still struggling here without him. Uh, but I'll take the Bulls, plus four and a half. Let's ride this Bulls team. Uh, they are in desperate need of wins here. They are are slowly getting kind of blocked out here of that 10 seed. They just lost that 10 seed, which they've had for basically the entire season. They just lost it to the Wizards, and now they're a full game back from that Wizards. So we know the Pacers are going to start falling in some games. Let's see if the Bulls can maybe kind of steal their spot. I mean, we don't even want the Pacers in the playing tournament anyway. I would love to see the Bulls, the Raptors, the Cavs in there in lieu of the Pacers here for the playing tournament. So we'll take the Bulls plus four and a half here tonight.
Jokic gets it done by himself. Kobe White potentially, hopefully, has a good game. Definitely going to need him if we want to cover the spread here. But uh, let's see how they do here on a one-game winning streak. Desperately need to win to kind of keep in rhythm, momentum of that 10-seed chase. So Bulls plus 4.5. We'll take it. Alrighty, Spurs, Pelicans, Spurs plus three, Pelicans minus three. I only got to swallow three with the Pelicans here. Ooh, I think we love it. All right, here we go for the Spurs. Rudy Gay is a game time decision. DeMar DeRozan is a game time decision as well. That's two huge pieces. Rudy Gay for the bench, DeMar DeRozan for the starters. Definitely need both of those players. And then for the Pelicans, James Johnson's a game time decision. Steven Adams is a game time decision. Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker are both out still. But I'm going to rock with this Pelicans team, man. I mean, they just blew out the magic the other night. And we know this Spurs team is nothing great. They're very inconsistent. They are on a one-game winning streak, but they just beat the Pistons. And they didn't blow it. Well, they did kind of blow them out a little bit. 15-point win, but I'll take the 30-point win over the magic. So... I'm going to take the Pelicans here. I mean, we all know Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram can get it done themselves. They just need somebody else to step up, whether it's Lonzo. Can't really rely on him too much for the scoring. Uh, Eric Bledsoe definitely can't rely on him for the scoring. So definitely need somebody to step up here. But, um, I mean, I'm going to trust it over the Spurs team that has two key pieces being potentially game-time decisions. We'll see if either one of those go. Uh, DeMar DeRozan probably goes since he didn't play last game. But I'm still taking the Pelicans here at home, looking for them to get it done. I mean, they can't, can they even make this playing tournament? I mean, it's such a pity that they're not even close here. Uh, and look at this. I mean, Spurs at 10, Pelicans at 11. So if the Pelicans want any chance here, they're three and a half games back. Is that right? Yeah, three and a half games back from that 10 seed that the Spurs have. So this is a must, must win game here for the Pelicans, and we're going to bet on it here tonight. Let's get it done, Zion. Um, let's get it done, Lonzo. Have a fantastic game. Be that good scorer. Be that good facilitator. Be the good passer. I mean, we need it here. We need y'all to start winning games consistently. It's got to start now for this kind of playoff push here. Pelicans need to win. We'll take a minus three. Alrighty, Lakers, Mavericks, Lakers plus two, Mavericks minus two, Mavericks at home, LeBron is out, Marcus All game time decision, Markeith Morris game time decision, KCP game time decision, Anthony Davis game time decision, Andre Drummond game time decision, Dennis Schroeder's a game time decision. Now, I'm sure all those players are playing with this spread being Lakers plus two. Uh, for the Mavericks, Kristaps Porzingis, a game-time decision. Maxi Kleber, a game-time decision. Josh Richardson, a game-time decision. Now, Kristaps Porzingis may not play this game, honestly. Uh, let's see if we get anything here from Fantasy Labs. Still probably going to take the Mavericks minus the two here. Still can't really trust this Lakers team. We're still not really sure if um, Anthony Davis is still on minutes restrictions. We knew he only played 16 minutes last game. Is that going to be up a little bit more here? Him being a game time decision? Probably not. Uh, but we don't get anything concrete here on this Lakers team. Unfortunately, Markith Morris is probable. KCP is probable. Dennis Schroeder probable. So like, like we said, I mean, all those players probably are going to be, be playing here. Andre Drummond, probable. But we don't have anything on the big boy, the big man, Anthony Davis. So we're going to stay away from this one. It's on primetime national televised television, 840 ABC. But uh, we'll just watch this one, enjoy it, and uh, won't bet on that one because it's the Lakers, it's the Mavericks. Is Anthony Davis playing? We're not sure. So we'll stay away from it. 
All right, last two games up. Timberwolves, Jazz. Timberwolves plus 12. Jazz minus 12. All righty. I think I like the Timberwolves here. I don't know if their heart going to be in it now that they are officially eliminated from the playoffs. I'm assuming it's going to be because, I mean, they weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. Uh, but for the Timberwolves, Malik Beasley's out. Jalen Noel is a game-time decision. And then for the Jazz, just Donovan Mitchell is still out. But I'm taking the Timberwolves plus 12 here. Yeah, their season's over, but I, I like what we've been seeing them from them over these last couple of games here. And we get 12 points here. The Jazz, let's see kind of if they can continue to win games without Donovan Mitchell and still kind of blow out teams, knowing that now they're a little less deep because, you know, George, um. Mike Connolly and Joe Ingles both have to be in the starting lineup now. Um, so I'm taking the Timberwolves plus 12 here. Nothing to kind of lose, everything to gain. Let's kind of, you know, get right for next season. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if D'Angelo Russell's back in the starting lineup now that they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. Bring Ricky Rubio down to the bench. Let's see. Let's start getting some early work of D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns because that's what I want to see next season, folks. I want to see this Timberwolves team kind of be a little bit of a force to be reckoned with next season when everybody's healthy because we've seen them all healthy in this kind of back half of the season, a little too little too late, but it's still decent play, and I'm kind of still about them. I'm still loving, I'm still liking what I'm seeing from those three big players, the three main players on that Timberwolves team. So I'll take the 12 there absolutely all day. Timberwolves keep it close. And then the last game of the night, the Rockets and Nuggets. And Rockets plus 14, Nuggets minus 14. Yes, sir. I think I'm taking the Rockets here plus the points, folks. Uh, oh, maybe not. Uh, here we go. DJ Augustine is out. Eric Gordon is out. John Wall is out on rest, not playing in the back-to-back. Avery Bradley's a game time decision. Sterling Brown is out. Christian Woods a game time decision. That's the biggest key right there. David Waba, Dante Exum, Kevin Porter all out. So huge outs there. And then for the Nuggets, Will Barton and Monte Morris are game time decisions. So we will have to stay away from this one. If Christian Wood, Kelly Olenek, and John Wall were all playing, we would have taken those uh, 14 points all day. But John Wall being out, Kevin Porter being out, who's going to be their guards that step up? I mean, probably nobody. So probably lackluster scoring-wise for this Rockets team. We know the Nuggets just had lackluster scoring last game, so we'll see if they clean it up in this back-to-back. -back, but we'll stay away from that one. Not any good value here either way. Maybe the under 221 is the way to go because uh, I don't know if the Rockets are going to be putting up that many points. Alrighty, So that's our moneymaker for tonight's action. Knicks plus one, which unfortunately has tipped off, so going to have to get that in a live bet. Uh, but for tonight's action, Bulls plus four and a half, Pelicans minus three, Timberwolves plus 12. I'm loving it all, folks. I'm loving it all. Um, who just went down to minus seven and a half? Oh, okay, they were just kind of fixing that. All right, never mind. We're good there. <clears throat> all right, so that's our moneymaker for tonight. Bulls, my, Bulls plus four and a half, Pelicans minus three, Timberwolves plus 12. Alrighty, let's head over to our little NFL draft prospect of the day. We all know kind of the main quarterbacks going to be taken in this draft. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, hopefully not, but probably. Um, Trey Lance, am I forgetting one? Is that five? Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson's that other one I missed. But what is this kind of other quarterbacks that are still out there in this draft looking like? Can we still buy them? Are they viable options? Can they maybe, you know, two years sitting, maybe learn a little bit? So that's what we're going to look at today. Maybe just kind of a fun little quarterback. Let's see if he's going to be good or not in this league. So today we're looking at Davis Mills from Stanford, a quarterback. So we'll look at some uh, his stats, we'll look at the tape and just kind of see if this man's looking good all around. So, 
Little history of Davis Mills here. Staff, Stanford quarterback 6'4", 225. He was redshirted in 2017. He was trying to be compared to like uh, Tua a little bit. He was kind of rivaling Tua a little bit in that 2017 draft class a little bit. But redshirted 2017. 2018 only played basically like garbage minutes in the game. He put up two 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 throws in 2018. Uh, then he gets uh, 2019. The starting quarterback from Stanford gets injured, so he steps in in 2019, keeps the job in 2020 here. So, 2019, eight games played, 65% completion percentage, good. 1,900 yards, 11 touchdowns, uh, five interceptions. So, not great there, touchdown to interception ratio. Only two in college is not great, honestly. Two in NFL is good, you know, two to one touchdown to interception ratio. That's good, but, I mean, good in college is like four. <laughs> four to one touchdown to interception ratio, five to one, six. So, I mean, we see 10 to one, we see 40 touchdowns, four interceptions all the time. That's not that hard to achieve, achieve if you're going to be a good quarterback in the league. Uh, so very lackluster stats here, 2019. And then 2020, just playing five games. Did Stanford only play five games 2020? They played six. So which game did he not play in? They didn't get to a bowl game. <clears throat> so he just missed one game. Probably sat out their last game. What was their last game? Uh, their last game was December 19th, 2020. And let's see what his last game was very quickly. Davis Mills, last game in 2020. December 19th against UCLA. So, I forgot the other date. I, f I forgot the other date. December 19th. Doesn't matter. He didn't play a game. <laughs> he didn't play a game against Stanford, okay? Or for Stanford. Um, and it was not the last game. All right. So, he missed one game. All right. Played five games, 2020. 66% completion percentage, 1,500 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. So once again, you know, yes, he's not throwing that many touchdowns because, you know, the, the season's short, but he's still having decent amount of interceptions, you know, two to one touchdown interception ratio. So, you know, he got, you know, redshirted. Then he wasn't even the starter. Now he was started because somebody got injured. So nothing really great here on the stats here for Davis Mills, which is to be expected if you're not kind of one of these highly talked about quarterbacks in this league uh, or in this draft class. I mean, we only do talk about kind of a solid handful, about like five quarterbacks every single year in the draft. So, you know, we're, we're not knocking Davis Mills out here, but, you know, we're not expecting him to be one of these best quarterbacks out here anyway. So, nothing great here from the stats-wise. Uh, never got to a bowl game, so never could see what he did in those games either. We like to weigh bowl games heavy because, I mean, you know, at the end of the college season, usually played a lot of garbage teams defensively uh, because that's just de garbage. defense is garbage in college anyway. Um, so, these bowl games, you face comparable opponents. You have a month to prepare for these games, so there's no reason for you not to be on your A game. So, uh, definitely a little bit of a knock there, a little bit of a red flag that we can't see what he's doing in the big game. No bowl game, definitely no playoff game uh, for Stanford. Uh, so, Davis Mills, nothing great here in the stat-wise, but we got some film to back him up. So, let's see if he's kind of impressing us. Uh, yes, he hasn't played a lot. Yes, he doesn't have the stats, but does he have the on-field throws, the tangibles? How is he looking out there on the field? And before we look at this, let's see what these records are looking like um, over these last couple of seasons. So, played eight games in 2019. What is his winning record there in these eight games? Ooh, not good. Ooh, ooh, three and five. Yikes, 3-5 and five as a starter in 2019 and then 20, uh, 20 this season. 
played five games. Oh, okay, 4-1. All right, we'll take that. We'll take the 4-1 this season. And it's like Drew Locke, 4-1, his first couple of throws in the NFL 2019. Then 4-9 the next season, so didn't improve. <laughs> Trash, but hey, okay. Okay, I'll take the 4-1 this year for Davis Mills. All right, so here we go. 2020 highlights. What have you done for us lately? That's exactly what we have to look at because, I mean, he was, you know, big, you know, kind of highly sought after. His red for his red shirt season thought he was going to be good, but then he didn't make the starting roster. Had to come in as backup. So what have you done for us lately, Davis Mills? Can we buy this man? So here we go, Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford. Let's see how he's looking. Alrighty, first game up is against UCLA. Alrighty, here kind of throwing off of his back foot, can't really step into the throw here. All arm strength, able to get it down the field, and he's throwing this from the 50, getting it all the way down to about the 15 yard line. So a good about 35 yard chunk there. All arm strength, placed it right on the money. Alrighty, fantastic. We'll take that. <clears throat> good arm strength so far. So far, you know, we, we take this, you know. Film by film, play by play. Let's see what we're seeing. And then at the end of uh, the culmination, we'll kind of give our final thoughts here. But so far, a good throw on that play. All right, back here. Second throw against UCLA going over the middle. Here we go. A little high inside. But who is this 81 man? He caught this one, this 81? Yes, sir. And then he's catching this high ball one-handed. Ooh, maybe we should be looking at this tight end. Oh, look at this man go. Holy moly. Who is this tight end? He's got, oh, okay, uh, I was going to say he went to 81 again, going to 13 this time. Let's go back to this play. Here we go, staring him down the entire time, comeback route, 50-50 ball, defender just couldn't make a play on it, un unfortunately. All right, here we go. A little bit of a shoulder fake on that left side, keeping his eyes on that right side of the field the entire time. But uh, somebody finally finds his way open at the breakdown of the play, and he's able to pick up a first down. Alrighty, here we go again. Dropping back to pass, stepping up in the pocket, delivering the ball. Alrighty, so I love this. Oh, 13. Look at this man just lay out this defender right here. Boom. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, is number 13 draft eligible? Stanford's tight end and Stanford's number 13. Gosh darn, I'm loving it already. A nice tight throw here over the middle of the field, just getting it over that linebacker. Woof. Perfect touch on this ball over the middle of the field. Fantastic. Here we go. Back in the red zone. Going 50-50. Just barely got it over that one defender again. Look at this. Barely over that. Barely right in that pocket. Right where it needed to be. So we'll give it to him once again. Number 13 in the end zone. Going big. Catching the ball. Love it. All right, against UCLA again. Here we go, trying to get the win here. Coming back, down seven with 44 seconds left at the 50. Can the man cap it off? Let's see. Here we go, throwing the ball at the 50-yard line, avoiding the sack. Yes, sir, goes to number 13. Ooh, he's down, though. Ooh, ooh, does he get injured? Is he out for the season? Did he play for the rest of the season? This is the first game of the season. Well, is it? No, it's not. I lied. It's three. They, they're three and two this, so, far, so far. So it's not the first game of the season. We take that back.
But here we go. Oh, 13 still in the game. Here we go. In the red zone. Delivering a strike over the middle. Just putting it exactly where it needed to be. Tie up the game. Clutch ability. Yes, sir. Davis Mills now in double overtime. 50-50 ball to number 13. Oh, my gosh. Drops it right in the pocket. I got to know who the heck is number 13 here for Stanford. Because he needs to get drafted. And I know we have not looked at this man um, all season. So, is he draft eligible? Stanford. Number 13. We said plus 13. What's number? Here we go. <clears throat> number 13. Who is Stanford's number 13? Holy moly. Come on, Stanford. Come on. Go Stanford.com. Number 13, number 13, number 13. Here we go. Where are you? Ethan Bonner. Ethan Bonner, senior. Oh, yo, yo. He gets, he's draft eligible. Is he even in the draft? Um, Career stats. Here we go. Ethan Bonner, man. Number 13. Getting it done here. Oh, he's only. Why'd they say senior? Oh, they say that he's a corner. Okay, hang on. Hang on! The heck? That ain't no corner. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Interesting. Number 13 here. This is the wrong highlight package. All right. We got to get a little bit more technical here. We got to break it. I got to see what this man's looking like. I know Davis Mills probably isn't going to work in this league, but I think this, this wide receiver right here, number 13, I'm loving it. Um, so let's go to this UCLA game. Last game that they had, too. Interesting. So, I mean, hey, last game for Davis Mills draws them down in the win to win in double overtime. Absolutely fantastic. We'll take that absolutely all day long. All right. What is this man looking like? What is this man in double overtime? Kyle Phillips. Here it is. Oh, freshman. Sophomore. Sophomore from UCLA. All righty. Watch out for this man next season. He only had 370 yards this season, but in a little bit of a lackluster season. Only two touch. Are we looking at the right man? Because we just saw two touchdowns. It says he's number two. The hell is going on here? What numbers are y'all seeing? What the hell is going on here? Am I just dumb? Am I just not seeing who this man is? It's number 13. It's number 13. What the heck is your name on the back of your jersey? Show us. Show us the back of your jersey. Oh, my God. It just cuts right away. the hell does this say Furman what did number 13 Phillips could this be Phillips no no right no no that's not Phillips I see an M or an N and an A at the end all right folks I know we're supposed to be looking at this man but I got there's more pressing things I need to know the tight end I need to know this man um what the heck? What more can we do? I know he's number 13, and I definitely know that this is not a cornerback. They got two number. They don't got two two 13s. They don't have that. I cannot believe what we are seeing here, folks. 
How are we not seeing this man? Kyle Phillips. Is it him? Oh, that's UCL. All right, here we go. This is it. All right, here it is. It's Simi Fayoko. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is it. Three touchdowns. Did they all come against that UCLA game? All three touchdowns came against that UCLA game. So, hey, he had a fantastic game. Oh, my goodness. No, like, uh, wow. Wow. Okay. So, he's not that good <laughs> regularly, but he has Davis uh, Mills throwing to him. Is this man in the draft? Is he draft eligible? Simi Fayoko. Fayoko. I'm loving it already, but if he's going into a senior year, he in the draft? I think he is. I think he isn't draft eligible. I think he's in the draft. Prospect grade of four, five point nine three. Is that good? How good is five? Ooh, oh yeah, no, not good, not good. It goes all the way up to eight. But hang on, hang on, hang on. He's five point nine three. That's actually pretty good. What do they say about five point nine three? Five point nine three. Five point eight to five point nine. Backup special teamer. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. What's six point oh? Development traits based prospect. Yeah, I would say that. Good backup who could become starter. I would give him six point one to six point two. I I'm liking it already. Um alrighty. Alrighty. Oh, he's the cousin of a former NFL player, a Alfred Pupuno. Fayoko Pupuno. No wonder they're cousins. And several other cousins played in college football. So he's got the blood. He's got the college. He's got the NFL blood in him. He's got the blood. Got the blood. <laughs> I came from the bloodline. Y'all don't know my blood. Just look at my blood. I got the blood. Um, alrighty, so okay. Alrighty, let's take this, man. Let's watch out for Simi Fayoko going late in the draft, folks. Sixth, fifth, fourth, fourth rounder? Okay, alrighty. Now the other pressing matter. Who is the tight end? <laughs> Who the heck is the tight end? Let's get a number on this man. 81? Oh, yeah, 81. Woo! Yes, sir. Let's see. Let's see this man. Simi Fayoko. Good luck in the draft, my man. But let's look at number 81. Can we go to 81 now? I mean, he's still number 13. Still, wh wh Where is Femi Aoko? Maybe because he's not on the team anymore. They got rid of him. They kicked him off the page. This is 2021 spring. Yeah, okay. So we got to go to 2020 football roster. All right. So it was just our part not being, you know, not getting the dates right. We just assumed dates would be correct, unfortunately. But let's go back to number 13. Are we getting Femi Oko? Yes, we are. Semi Fayoko. Fantastic. All right. Now we can go to 81 and get the freaking line or the tight end and be fine. All righty. 81. Here you go. Y'all ready? Bryson Tremaine. Let's get his name. He's a junior. All righty. I want to see this man's stats. See if he's draft eligible. All right, two years in, 265 yards receiving, no touchdowns this year, and he had his best game in 20 in this game we're looking at. 88 yards, his best game against UCLA. Just wild. All right, so everybody's inflated in this game. All right, let's see what they're saying. Is this man in the draft? Probably not. Probably not. He's got the only two. 
I only got two. Don't think he is. We can go back here, actually. Let's go to 2021. Is he still on the roster here in 2021 spring football? I'll give us a better indication if he's draft eligible. We didn't see Semi Fayoko on this. So if we see our tight end here. All right, he is coming back, Bryson Trey Main. So watch out for this man next year. Let's keep a man, let's keep an eye on this man because I love those one-handed catches. Absolutely fantastic, Bryson Trey Main. All righty, next year's draft. Watch out for uh, Semi Fayoko this year, Bryson Trey Main next year. All right, let's go back to Davis Mills here. Let's see if anything's good. Very well done for winning the game here. Very well done to Semi Fayoko. Get it done. All right, here we go against Oregon State. Now this time, just kind of a setup screen. It goes all the way down for the touchdown. Unfortunately, we're not going to see any more Semi Fayoko or Bryson Tremaine because, I mean, both their best games were against that UCLA team. But here we go. Is that Semi Fayoko again? Deep ball. Yes. Yes. Yo, late draft prospect Semi Fayoko, folks. Look at him go up and get the ball. Yes, sir. How deep is this? Let's count the yards. Throwing it from the oh, flea flicker. We'll give it to 40. We're going to call it 40 all the way down to the five. Oh. Oh, boy, that's 50 yards clean, clean. Man, oh, man, 40 all the way down to the five. 55 yards, 50, 55, whatever you want to call it. Here we go. Davis Mills scrambling out. Oh, and the man can run. Some good speed here. Ryan Tannehill-esque. Ryan Tannehill-esque speed, maybe a little faster, a little quicker, it seemed. Look at him go. RT-17, baby. Davis Mills, DM15, RT17. Yes, sir. Speed is speed here. All right. Underthrown ball that was broken up and then luckily caught. All righty. Good catch on the ground. I mean, bad ball here. Way underthrown. I mean, the, cor the corner wasn't even looking behind him. So, I mean, free play for the wide receiver to go make it. All right, here we go against Washington now. A little bit of a back shoulder throw. Let's see how I, this one looked a little bit inside here. Mm, once again, the defender just a hair away from making a play on that one. All right, back against North or Washington here. Nice throw there for 13 yards. All righty, nothing great. Second and four. Let me see Semi Fayoko again. Just getting it. Oh, my goodness. This Washington team has got to be pissed at themselves. They're like, we're just missing these balls by an inch. An inch. And I don't think Davis Mills is purposely putting that kind of extra inch on this ball. I don't know, man. All right, here we go against Washington. Big old lead here, 21-3. to Anything good here? We might call this. I mean, I'm, I'm already more impressed by the wide receiver and the tight end than the quarterback. I don't care about this quarterback anymore. I care about Semi Fayoko, folks. I want him to get drafted first round. All righty. I'm a little over this Davis Mills guy already. I'm not seeing anything great here. That's a good ball. I'll give him that one. How, th how far is this? Throw him at 40, 30 yards, 35 yards. Nothing great. Okay, we don't need replays. We see it. We see it. All right, here we go in the red zone from the three-yard line. Play action pass. There it is. Yes, sir. Hit him. 
All right, took a little bit while to get there. Got to kind of strike it in. Strike it in right there, right there. Got to strike it in right here. Kind of lobbed it. And it's still good. It's still a good choice, to, you know, but it's open now. You know, he didn't need that kind of extra. Gave him a little extra time for the defender to come over. But still, overall, good throw. We'll give it to him. Nice little kind of lob in the corner of the end zone. Love it. All right, Washington started to come back. Davis, Burt, Davis Mills got to do something here. Comeback route, easy. <sighs> Once again, these receivers. Is this semi fo uh, semi Focolo? Number 13, another one-handed catch. Y'all call this man a backup? Oh, I'm calling him a number two. I don't know about backup, but number two, yes, sir. I know we're supposed to be looking at Davis Mills, but I'm looking. I'm loving Fayoko. Semi Fayoko. Yes. Look at this one-handed catch. Another one. Fantastic. Oh. Alrighty. I'm loving this, man. I think we draft Semi Fayoko. Definitely stay away from Davis Mills, but here we go. Taking off. He's got some good speed. He does look quick out there. I will give him that. Gonna run again here. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Diving down. I like that. Get what all you can get. Don't take the hit. I love it. Ooh, there he is again. What is NFL doing? Giving him a 5.9 grade. All right. Good throw there. Good catch. It's not semi Fayoko, but. All right, I just want to see. Any more Semi Fioko out here? Who this? That's not Semi. Where's Semi Fioko? Who's this number four? He was looking pretty good there. Runs it in for the touchdown himself. This is him. Fioko. Watch this man come off the line. Can't get him in the shot. He looks to be all the way down here. Just coming across slanting. Why? He's open. Good catch. 15 yards. Clean. Clean, baby. <laughs> Fayoko, not there in the red zone. Damn it. Fayoko here? No, no, Fayoko. Fayoko running the ball. Fayoko getting it in the end zone? No. Fayoko back in the red zone? No. Uh, Fayoko getting sacked? No. <laughs> here we go. Who's this? Took a big hit. That's not Fayoko. Thank goodness. We can't see that man get injured. Here we go. End zone? Not Fayoko. Number four, though. All righty. Here we go. Down the field. Fayoko? No. Number four. All righty. Number four is looking a little impressive, but Fayoko is impressing us a little bit more already. All righty. So, watching Davis Mills, I'm a little bit more impressed with Semi Fayoko, honestly. So, get that man drafted. Definitely good wide receiver depth in this year's draft. Go out and get this man late. He can make it work. How tall is he? Where's Semi Fayoko? Where is he? Sisu! 6-4? Yes! All day! Yo! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Yo, Semi Fayoko. I love this man. Yes, sir. Get this man drafted. Yes, sir. 6-4. Let him be your number one. He's had Davis Mills thrown to him. Come on. Give the man a little bit more credit. Ooh, alrighty, folks. That's going to do it for us today, but I'm jazzed on this man. I'm about to just watch Semi Fayoko highlights for the rest of the day. Alrighty, folks. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We're back tomorrow. We are back tomorrow live noon Eastern, folks. Maybe we uh, maybe we go heavy on Semi Fayoko tomorrow. Maybe. Maybe. 
Alrighty, folks. We're out of here. We're out of here.